Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Captain Cummins can do no wrong how the superstar has evolved throughout 2023. We review a remarkable year in cricket and look ahead to the SCG test. The last hurrah for David Warner. Plus, the Aussies get things back on track in India. Let's go around the wicket. Hello and welcome to Around the Wicket. I'm Nerily Meadows. A big Happy New Year to all of you out there. Happy New Year, Lisa Staleka and Aaron Finch. Happy New Year. Great to be here again. Yeah, Happy New Year. And can you believe 2023 has come to an end? How quick are the years going? It's not fair. And how good is Pat Cummins going to be in 2024? (laughs) He just keeps on rising, does the skipper of Australia. We're going to talk about that second test shortly. Australia take a 2-0 lead with a 79-run win within four days. But they're not the only Aussie team to take a 2-0 lead in an important series. Lisa, the Aussie girls overnight won the second ODI after losing that opening test. Mm. Geez, it was important to bounce back overseas, wasn't it? Yeah, especially India on uh, their home conditions. And they're certainly in Vanketi, the pitch is turning a fair bit. Uh, 258 runs they put on the board uh, and India looked like they were cruising. 41 runs required off 38 deliveries, still six wickets in hand. And the Indians just couldn't get it done. In the end, Australia won by three runs. And what about Annabelle Sutherland? Yeah, uh, it seems to be about the Sutherlands, isn't it? Both both her brother and herself are really rising to the occasion, bowling clutch overs. Um, Annabelle was able to to dislodge Richard Gosh, who was uh, 96, about to get a maiden century, and then the game just changed and the Australians were able to, to kind of put the squeeze on the Indians. The thing I love about this current Australian team is they've had some legends that are no longer mm. in the side, Phoebe Litchfield, as mm. such a youngster, she keeps standing up every time she gets an opportunity. Who do you think will be the next generation of players coming through when you, when eventually people like Elise Perry, um, Elisa Healy. Elisa Healy, they're no longer there? Well, I think Elisa Healy will probably play for another couple of years, but Elise Perry, I think she'll have to be put in a wheelchair first. <laughs> I just don't see her calling it a day. Um, the, the younger brigade, like an Annabelle Sutherland, will step up. Um, I also think players like Sophie Molyneux, who's yeah. kind of sitting on the bench. So players that have been in and out of the Australian team may get more opportunities moving forward. But Megan Shute, Jess Jonathan will be maybe the next kind of two to kind of call it a day. Yeah. But at the moment, they seem to be winning and fighting when they need to. Speaking of changing of the garden in and out of the team, Finchie, you're not in the Renegades team at the moment, but you are fit to play. Tell us what's going on at the moment. Well, I missed the... Perth game on, on Boxing Day, that was planned for a fair way out, obviously getting on a little bit and, and <laughs> having three games back-to-back uh, with a fair bit of travel in between was, was always going to be a little bit more difficult. And last game, uh, they just decided to go with Mackenzie Harvey, which I think is a really good move as well. He's, he's uh, a brilliant young player and he's been around our group for such a long time. So it's nice to see him get a run and, um, yeah, see how we go next game. Did it hurt being left out? Oh, it always hurts a little bit, but... I mean, it's just reality. As you get on a little bit, you understand it. It's not, there's nothing personal. It's just 
the way of uh, T20 cricket, and, and sometimes it's to do with matchups and things like that. So, yeah, it's all good. It was hard to kind of watch the Melbourne Renegades. You had Finchie, who scored the most runs for the Renegades, and Kane Richardson, who also had a bit of a niggle, yeah. most wickets for Renegades. That experience sitting on the bench. And then the big one, which was Nick Maddinson, mm. former captain, put aside. Probably the right decision. Um, Will Sutherland obviously is captaining Victoria and doing a mm. good job. So you can see that there seems to be a, a change in the way that the Renegades are going. So for you, Finchie, how do you feel about your cricket at the moment? Has it been hard? You always knew it was going to be tough because you're not playing a lot of cricket since your international retirement at the start of this year. But has it been harder and what has it been like for you out in the middle? Out in the middle, it's still fine. I think you just get to a point where you're not getting as much content as you used to. Mm. And I think when you go from a a state program or playing for Australia where you're, you're hitting balls yeah. So often, where it's a few days a week, and if you do have some downtime, it's actually refreshing. Whereas as you get older, and you like, I've moved into the commentary side. So leading up to the Big Bash, I probably had less content than, than what would have been ideal. Because I think just getting back up to the speed of the game is the hardest thing. But I mean, I used to love training so much, and I still enjoy going to training. But I just can't do it for as as long as, as I used to. Those warm-ups, you start counting down oh, how many you? you've got left <laughs> yeah. in the tank. So the Melbourne Derby coming up, when you a few yeah. years ago packed out the MCG, uh, are you going to be playing in that one? I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> That's the plan? Yeah, I don't pick the team, so wait and see. <laughs> Look at you with the cliches. Do you think we'll get back to 80,000 at the G? It'd be nice to, wouldn't it? It'd be nice to. I think both teams have been struggling the last couple of years, if, if we're being honest, so... That'd be nice too, because they, they were great games. I mean, we had 80, 82,000 at the MCG and then 45,000 at Marvel Stadium. So, I mean, that was that was a great rivalry. And it, it's a shame that, that both teams haven't been up near the top a bit more often. What do you put it down to? Well, I think there's, there's a couple of factors. I mean, there's a lot of talk about there being two teams in the one city, which mm. Sydney have the same. So that dilutes your state pool a little bit more. And I think being at a non-traditional venue as well in in Marvel Stadium, you don't have access to conditions. Um, Well, your conditions aren't always perfect. And, and, I mean, we've got two training wickets there that that are throwdowns only pretty much, which which isn't ideal. The wicket in the middle has has played really well over the last couple of years. So um, at times just not having that, that... solid ground that people are familiar turning up to that can put people off a little bit turning up and I mean when oh, sorry not turning up um, recruiting yeah recruiting talent and I think from when I mean there was two separate boards maybe that's had a little part to play in it as well was they were both independently run and, and now they're both under the Cricket Victoria banner um, maybe that's had some kind of impact as well. One to watch. Hopefully it is a really good crowd and hopefully you're back in that team we watch you absolutely flying out there in the middle where you belong at the MCG, Finchie. Don't go anywhere because speaking of the MCG, we're going to review that entertaining second test and look ahead to Sydney after this short break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We made some mistakes as a team. We will take that. We will address those things. But at the same time, I believe inconsistent umpiring 
technology curse really given us the result which should have been different if the whole game i will if i will sum up our pakistan team played better than the other team in general uh cool uh yeah they played well um but yeah glad we got the win doesn't really matter does it it's the team who wins at the end it is the ashes all over again <laughs> pakistan have taken a moral victory it was very entertaining watching that press conference and look they're not far wrong pakistan were brilliant right throughout this test and had the aussies at four for 16 but at the end of the day as pat cummins said it was australia who won and took a two nil lead in this series a three match series of course finchy you were the white ball captain at the same time that pat took over as test captain do you think a few people were eating their words because a lot of people thought he wasn't the right man or the best man for the job, particularly given he's a quick? Oh, whether you're a quick or a batter, I don't think it makes any difference. Uh, he's a wonderful leader of the Australian cricket team. And I think over the last probably 12 months, his captaincy on field has, has mm. been so impressive. During the Ashes, you could argue that t uh, tactically he could have done things slightly different at times, but he doesn't make many mistakes in any part of the game and, and brilliant leader for Australia. The way that he's evolved, and as Finchie sort of alluded to, learning on the run almost. Yeah, you've got to remember all of his cricket. He was the youngest guy being elevated into the, the open side, so never got an experience to captain. So it's a tough gig to do it in front of the media, the press that are scrutinising every little move that you make. But I think he's handled the situation extremely well. And you've got to remember as well, um, there was the, the whole issue with Justin Langer. I thought he handled it really well, uh, kept the playing group together. It was almost us versus them. And then to then be able to perform on the field. It's just a credit to him and Andrew McDonald as, as the head coach. And we spoke a lot during the World Cup his ability to lift in moments when they desperately need him to, to break partnerships. He did it a lot through that World Cup, that Sri Lanka game when he got things back on track. And we saw it again in this second test, Abdullah Shafiq, the caught and bold moment. He seems to stand up when no one else is able to make that breakthrough. Oh, he certainly does. And I think what he's doing brilliantly at the moment is he's identifying moments in games and saying, right, I'll put my hand up and I'll go hard here because the team needs me to do it now. Averaging 11 in the series is ridiculous. <laughs> but you just look at his strike rate throughout his career, I think it's under 43, and that's just mind-blowing. That, that's up there, well, it's the best ever for someone with 250 wickets. So he's just brilliant. And, I mean, he takes half chances off his own bowling, turns the yeah. momentum of a game. It doesn't matter whether it's T20, ODI or Test match. He just gets the job done, and it's unbelievable to see. As I mentioned at the start, lots of people thought being a quick, you shouldn't be a captain. But has being a captain actually made him a better fast bowler? Oh, it's probably a combination of both helping each other. And, and, I mean, he's so calm on the field, so he always makes the right decision because he becomes really objective. And, and at times, as a bowler, we see how many guys, like you think of Stuart Broad, an emotional DRS yeah. yes. user. For him to be able to strip that all back and just say, you know what, let's look at this as a whole mm. and, and make the right decision is brilliant. And I, I think he's actually revolutionised or, or changed the perception that a fast bowler can captain. We're starting to see it in the Big Bash. Nathan Ellis, uh, Peter Siddle last year for the Strikers, uh, Will Sutherland now for the Renegades. So everyone is now accepting, actually, who, who's the best person, regardless of their skill set, the best tactician or the best leader for this group moving forward? And if it happens to be a quick bowler, uh, 
then so be it. I think the, the best leader is the important one there because I, I think there's enough people out on the ground. If you're captain in Australia, mm. there's enough people out True. on the ground who, who can come to the right decision tactically. But to lead a group, not just, not just 11 players, but it's probably coaching staff and, mm. and everyone else and, and you're dealing up or you're managing up as well with, with boards and, and high performance. So the best person to lead that is, is a brilliant captain. And on that very note, the leadership of Pat Cummins, and you were involved in this as well in, in a shifting of culture, that there's a difference between fitting in and belonging and people who now play feel like they belong as they are. They don't need to fit in to what already exists. You see Usman Khawaja are feeling like he can speak to how he wants to um, about matters that we've spoken about on previous episodes. But somebody like a Mitch Marsh who mm. feels free to play his game and be the type of personality and even at four for 16 came out mm. and still was able to be aggressive and he said, um, that's what I'm most proud of, the fact that I still play my natural game yeah. even at four for 16. But you need a captain to empower you to do those sort of things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, you do. And, and the one thing, <clears throat> excuse me, the one thing that that proves is the togetherness of the group and, and the everything being aligned from the coach's messaging consistently to the captain's messaging, but then the actions to back that up because you don't want to talk about it and then hang somebody out to drive because they played that way mm. and it didn't work. So you see that with Glenn Maxwell probably through a lot of his yeah. one-day career is, well, we want you to play free and we want you to win us the game. But then that comes with high risk. And when it doesn't work, they go, well, you're out of the side. Yeah, the selection. Selection is a big issue. consistent messaging is, is really important. But the consistent actions on the back of that is uh, equally as important. Not just say, I back you in, but actually be there when Absolutely. the chips are down. Tra Travis Head walking out and just teeing off in test cricket. Yes. That's the way that he plays best. He changes momentum yeah. of a game. I did love... Mitch Marsh joking about the fact that he hopes he gets some time out in the middle with Travis Head at some point this summer because I feel like that would be a whole heap of fun, fun to, watch. to watch. Speaking of Pakistan earlier, um, their improvement was tenfold from the first test to the second test. We keep saying those figures, four for 16. The bold decision to send the Aussies in at the MCG. We know the deck has changed a little bit in the last couple of years, but historically you wouldn't have done that. It was the catches in the end that cost them lease. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, Abdullah Shafiq, um, he paid the real penalty for being in first slip for as long as he did and um, really cost Pakistan potentially a victory there because if he had taken the Mitch Marsh catch, things could have certainly changed. Four but for five for 20 then. Yeah. That's a uh, and Australia would have been in a hole that they've never experienced for a very, very long time. Um, it's something that I don't know if these guys have been working hard at it or because of the change in the side, you've got different guys in different positions. But um, a lot of work has to be done, unfortunately. Even taking that initial David Warner catch, if you get him out on two, you're putting more pressure on Marnus and Steve Smith yep. coming in earlier. So who knows when it comes down to only a 79-run test match. Also, 50-plus extras probably didn't help them as well in that first innings. The, the, the <laughs> stiffest guy in the, in the match was Rizwan. He had so many buys, but some of them he wouldn't have got if there was three keepers. <laughs> they were so wide down the left side. And like you said, 79-run test match, small mm. things. It's one catch. It's, it's a few extras. And then before you know that piles on each other and it becomes really difficult to chase your tail. Sean Massoud, I feel like Australia is really enjoying the way that he's leading this team, his presence in front of the microphone as well. Have you admired him as, as an opposition captain? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really difficult challenge coming to Australia and captaining, mm. especially when your back's against the wall. Babarazan being ousted as, as test captain or captain in general was, 
was a big decision. So to put all that to the side and lead the team as well as he had, I think tactically he's been excellent with the bat, especially in Melbourne. He was he was outstanding and just didn't kick on and get that big hundred. But yeah, he's been excellent. I was going to say that the fact that. Um, PCB, there seems to be a lot of instability there. Um, so to be able to cope with that, and like you said, Bubba Azam, you know, he's is a crowd favourite. You know, Pakistan fans love him, and to see him not be that skipper, there, there, there would be some feelings about that. But he's been able to bring the group together mm-hmm. in, a, I guess, adverse conditions to be able to still push Australia right to the uh, right to the end. There's a new crowd favourite though, Hassan Ali. Wasn't he magnificent? <laughs> we saw him in the first test ahead of Perth that he joined in with the Indigenous dancers in the Welcome to Se- uh, Country ceremony and then this at the MCG in just channelling his inner Merv Hughes. What a character. <laughs> this is the way that you get fans on side when you're touring, Finchie. Especially down at Bay 13. You want them on side. Because if you don't, it can be a horrible time down there because they are absolutely relentless. So well done to Hassan Ali. He's a great character. He's a great competitor. He bowled well. Um, haven't seen the best of him with the bat, but overall, you have to enjoy your cricket. I like the little Punjabi moves as well. Yeah. The fans might have just struggled to kind of keep up with the beat with that one, but it was great. <laughs> it reminds me a little bit of the way that Rishabh Pant endeared himself to the Aussie yes. fans a few years ago with the babysitting club and all those sorts of things with Tim Payne. It's great when we see overseas stars come in and we get to know their character and not mm. just the way they play the game. We need to move on to the SCG test, though, because your great mate David Warner is finishing up. You've known him since way back when. He was known as a T20 specialist. He's got gone on to become one of our greatest ever test players. Perhaps, as Andrew McDonald pointed out, a best ever player across all three forms of the game. You got an early story for us? First time I ever met David Warner, we were playing in a, in a national carnival. He was representing New South Wales, I was representing Victoria. We played a game in Bendigo, country Victoria. He comes out to bat at number eight or number nine, cap on. Um, he didn't wear a helmet in all junior cricket until it was compulsory. Come out. Does re- that explain just a- <laughs> reverse swept first ball for reverse. next ball for game over? Like it, it was just an absolute loose cannon. And to think that that same guy batting at number eight or nine back then, bowling leg spin and, and being mm. chirpy, would go on to be one of, or like you said, the, Australia's best ever three format player, and have the impact that he's had not just on on the scoreboard. But around a group, the energy that he brings, the, the impact that he's had on, on groups for a long period of time is, is unbelievable. So he was chirpy back then as well? Do you think? <laughs> <laughs> he's always been chirpy. He never, ever shuts up. Do you think he'll be emotional come the SCG test? Not really. Really? No. I don't really? know. Really? No. I think if he gets 100, he'll celebrate hard like yeah. he always does. But I think he'll have his family out on the ground. He'll, he'll get his three daughters and... and Sail off into the sunset of Test cricket, and he's, he's not—he's not a big softy. He's—I don't think there'll be many tears. Surely, given the occasion and the New South Wales contingent in this Test mm. team, even though they've won the series, you wouldn't expect players to be rested, would you? No, I think it's really important that our best players are playing Test cricket if they're fit and able. Um, regardless of the opposition, the Australian fans want to see the best players out there on the park. And the SCG is a special test, like you said, a lot of New South Wales guys playing at home. It's the McGrath Foundation, day three. It means a lot for the players. 
David Warner, he's basically anointed Harris to be his uh, the, the replacement for him once we move on to the West Indies series, which is interesting in itself. It's obviously a decision for the selectors. Andrew McDonald keeps on bringing up that name, Cameron Green. Do you like the momentum that's building for Cameron Green to do a bit of a Shane Watson move from the sixth position, obviously out of the team at the moment, into mm. being an opener to keep that aggression going that David Warner has started with Usman Khawaja? I think the fact that he bats number four for WA when he plays Shield cricket will help that case. I still think that you need to go with a specialist opener, whether it's Renshaw, Harris or Bancroft. I, I don't think that um, there's a huge amount of difference between all three of them. I think they could choose any one of them and, and that'll, they'll all do a really good job. Cameron Green, I could, it'll be a tough gig to... Yeah, he'll do well, no doubt, but I think that there's still, there's still enough time for him to have a huge test career and... and it's interesting, Andrew McDonald's comments suggested that the fact that he keeps bringing it up, mm. I think that they might go that way. But, it, it's like he's trying to get us used to the idea. Yeah. But I I'm not used to the idea. <laughs> I, I think he'll, if he obviously, if he does um, open against West Indies, this is a West Indies side with seven debutants, right? Mm. So it's not necessarily the hardest opposition. So I would expect him to do well. He'll do well but if it, he does it. If he, but the concern is overseas. Yeah, but I think that he'll do well if they pick Cameron Green. He'll do well for a long time. He'll be a great player for the next decade, regardless of where he bats. And I personally think that opening the batting is really difficult in Test cricket, and that takes a different kind of mental strength mm. than what it does batting in the middle order. And having done it myself when I was probably ill-equipped as well means that I just think that a specialist opener is needed. Just quickly, putting you on the hot seat, David Warner has indicated that he'll probably miss some international cricket in order to play in the ILT20 league. Mm. Yes, he's finishing up in the test career, but we've got the T20 World Cup coming up. I can't imagine you, while still playing for Australia, that you would have ever missed games for the green and gold to play an overseas T20 domestic league. Is that fair? I probably wouldn't have done it personally, but I think... Each to their own. I think that there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes with, with contracts and selectors and, and coaches and, and a lot of opportunity, I think, to get other guys' game time as well because mm. the, the next generation of Australian cricketers, well, the current generation, a lot of them could all fall off at the same time. Like, they're all above 35. So maybe it is an opportunity to drip feed some new talent in there and, and get them used to international cricket, get them around the Australian cricket team. So personally, I probably wouldn't have done it, but... I mean, it's not that big a deal. Well, fair to say, Davey has also played a lot of test cricket that you didn't feed the country over the years. I'm not rubbing that into you. I'm just having <laughs> Davey's back on this particular occasion. Don't go anywhere because after this short break, get me out of this situation. We're going to be reviewing 2023. It was a great year in cricket. Welcome back to Around the Wicket. We're reviewing what was an insane year for Australia on both the men's and women's side of things. But Pat Cummins in particular was sensational, leading Australia to retaining the Ashes, the World Test Championship final, and, of course, that 2023 Cricket World Cup. What was your favourite moment throughout 2023, Lise? Oh, probably the World Cup. Um, given the fact that Australia kind of started off slowly, things weren't quite going, Travis Head was still in Australia, Ashton Agar wasn't part of the squad, and then to kind of click as the tournament went through, it was amazing to watch. Travis Head's innings in the final, that was, yeah. that was unbelievable. And being there live to witness it, it was like he could get out of any ball. 
but he could also hit any ball for four or six. It was mm. brilliant, brilliant cricket. I reckon I'll go with Glenn Maxwell's on that very same point. Of yep. the, I will never forget how I felt in that moment watching him you up shaking. against You're Africa. on the boundary. I was, I was screaming and shaking, shaking and yeah. carrying on. The most memorable moment, and this is something that might have been a little skew whiff. No, this is, for me, it's the gift that keeps giving. Bairstow's run out. Oh, right. You took my one. <laughs> That was, that was hilarious. And we weren't sharing notes. Um, but I just think how it unfolded and then the aftermath. And it, we're still going. Mm. Oh, we'll still go into 2024 with it, probably. We'll still be talking about that in 2044, I reckon. Uh, for me, it was the timed out dismissal of Angelo Matthews. It mm. was another where were you when moment. Everyone trying to work out what the heck was going on. Big surprise of 2023? Uh, probably the standout player or someone we're going to see for a long time, Rachin Ravindra from yes. New Zealand. Two, 200s. Um, got elevated up in a warm-up game, scored 90-odd and then kind of slotted into that opening position and I think he's found himself a home there. On the back of an injury to Kane Williamson as well. That's yeah. the only reason he got a game. Yeah. For me, it was England at the World Cup, how poor they were. Mm. Uh, I, I had them in the final or winning it. I, I thought that the way that they, they've played over the last couple of years warranted that and they, they were shocking throughout the World Cup. It really was a remarkable World Cup. Ruchin Ravindra, what a great human being as well, really down to earth. Right, finally, your big call for 2024. Get out that crystal ball for us, Lise. Uh, I think that England will win the Women's T20 World Cup and Australia mm. will win in the US and the Caribbean. I expect July. you to get a message from Elisa Healy, <laughs> yeah. Finchie. I think Australia will hold all three men's ICC trophies at once. I like it. So somebody will join you as a T20 World Cup winning captain oh, on yeah. the men's side. Yeah, there you go. Am I back in your good books again? Yeah. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. So She's crawling. We've got the short stuff coming up next. Crawling, crawling, crawling back. Time to take on the short stuff on Around the Wicket. Lisa, with another unfavourable forecast coming in at Sydney where you live, we're blaming you. Is it time to move the SCG test? No. Move the SCG? Not the... <laughs> <laughs> move it to Melbourne. You... <laughs> Not sure the S works anymore. You want to stick with it? Yeah, got to stick with it. Oh, it just rains out every single time. All right. Abdullah Shafiq, should he ever be in the slips ever, ever, ever again? Probably not. <laughs> he's got a poor technique. and if Obviously, he can improve, but um, it's almost like he doesn't know where his hands are when the ball gets nicked to him. He, he, it's not a good technique. Did you see this one watching World Cup matches in India? He was so nervous. Who's more nervous, Finchie watching his old team at the World Cup or Jeff Marsh watching Mitch Marsh get out on 96? Maybe Jeff Marsh because it was the MCG Boxing Day and all Marsh brothers have gotten out in the 90s. That's, that's, that's a crazy all stat. All three of them. Yeah, that's it's a great family <laughs> stat for the Marshes. Jeff, Sean and Mitch, bless them, and we love that family. Um, have you ever been stuck in a lift off the back of Richard Illingworth? missing the start of play by about 10 minutes? Once. Rainbow Towers in Harare got stuck in a lift with, <laughs> like, eight or nine other players. It was only for five minutes, but panic stations. Like, <laughs> really? Everyone stopped stop talking. You're going to use all the air. And that was it. <laughs> You're going to use all the air? Yeah, it was on an Australia A trip. Okay. Wow. And you, in a foreign country when a lift stops, I feel like it's even mm. more scary. Yeah, it wasn't the most luxurious place, the Rainbow Towers. No. <laughs> I think I know, I know the place. Yeah. Yep. What were the conversations that were going on in that moment? Oh, it was just panic stations. <laughs> Who was the, the calm one out of the group? Uh, from memory, Tim Payne. 
Quite calm. Another former captain, speaking of, who will captain Australia at the T20 World Cup? Pat Cummins. Mitch Marsh. Oh, I like it. Lisa Finchie, happy new year to you once more. Thanks for bringing in the new year with us on ESPN and a big happy new year to you too. We'll be back in a couple of days' time with Waka Yunus once more to preview the SCG test.